Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Brenda Shoshana back with another episode in our podcast in Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And I'm so happy to be here with you this beautiful morning, snowy, cold winter morning. Every morning, unique. Every moment, unique. And here we are right after the Thanksgiving holiday season. You know, we often think, well, that's gone. Thanksgiving's over. I gave my thanks. But I think these holidays, it just hit me the other day. Oh, no, 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 they're not over. They, they're they here to offer us a direction. How about a whole year of thanks? They give us like a little intensive in giving thanks and not to feel it's over, but to feel it's just beginning just beginning every day a day of thanksgiving then we've actually <clears throat> taken the holiday and really taken it to heart used it as a resource for the rest of our days and the rest of our lives and this thought is very much in keeping with our title for today which is no more complaints and I was thinking about the talk for today, and what came to my mind very clearly, very vividly, was an exchange that I had many years ago with Kudo Roshi, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful teacher. Uh, he's no longer alive, but of course still very alive at the same time. And um, he ran the Soho Zendo. He was also the abbot of Ryotakuji in Japan. And um, at one time we were just talking, a few of us were talking, and Kyoto Roshi mentioned, ah, he said, this monk, after 35 years of practice, finally he's ripe, R-I-P-E, ripe, like a ripe piece of fruit, ripe. So that struck me so much at the moment, I wasn't at all sure what he was talking about. I said, what do you mean the monk is ripe? What, what, what makes him ripe? What makes, the question was, what makes someone mature what, as if their practice somehow had borne fruit? Of course, everything bears fruit, whether we see it or not immediately, but whatever we do is bearing fruit. So the question, what made him ripe? And Kutaroshi laughed. He used to laugh a lot, and a very earthy, direct laugh. Ha <laughs> ha. And he said, well, he finally... He stopped complaining. No more complaints. Very good. And I laughed then, too. We all laughed because it was such a simple statement and so much to the point. And I've lived with that quite a bit. Over the years, it keeps returning to me. No more complaints. And, you know, this is so interesting because in keeping especially with Thanksgiving, especially with that holiday... It seems as if much, much of our time, much of our days even, are spent complaining. If you really stop a moment and think about it. We have an idea of how the weather should be today, of how the friend should be, of how the party should go, right? So many plans, so many hopes, so many opinions, so many expectations. <clears throat> and when life as it is, comes along, so often it does not in any way meet those expectations. 
And what happens then? Complaint. Oh my goodness. Complaint. He did this. She did that. They didn't meet my need. Oh, it's raining today. Oh, this. Oh, that. On and on. Endless, endless complaints. Oh, the children didn't give me what I wanted for my birthday. Endless complaints. Or I didn't give them what they wanted for their birthday. They're having a tantrum in the other room. So much like that. So much. And we don't even see it. It's almost like part of the air we breathe. So natural to complain. People can meet each other in an elevator. What often happens in my building, we're going up to different floors and that's what you hear. Complaint about the building, complaint about the weather, complaint, complaint. And that's what we call a conversation. So interesting, really interesting. But this monk of Kudoroshi's, no more complaints, truly gone. He had nothing to complain about. Wow. What a moment in life. Everything just fine. Thank you. You know, when everything is just fine, naturally what emerges from the really depth of our heart is thank you. Or gasho, which is something we do a lot in Zen practice. We put our two hands together and bow a little bow from our waist to another person, to a chair if we're going to sit on it, and even if we're not going to sit on it, to a moment. That gasho, that bow, is a way to say in our body, thank you. Or I acknowledge you, that you're here. And that's another way, by the way, of saying thank you, to really take a moment and fully acknowledge a person, a place, something important is here with you at this moment. A gasho takes a moment. So we're in the moment as we gasho and say, thank you. And that's another way of saying no complaints. Thank you. I, or I accept this moment, or I see this moment, or even I am this moment. Now, why is it so deeply, deeply, deeply vital to, uh, to attain this I don't want to use the word attain, that's a mistake, to experience this ripeness. Because it's not really something we have to attain, attain, attain. We're always, always focused on what we have to attain, how we have to become better than we are, how we have to improve ourselves. Someday down the road, I'll become like that. No, 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 no. That itself is a complaint. <laughs> I'm complaining about how I am right now. No, I'm not good enough. Someday I'll become ripe and I'll attain this. No, no. Right at this moment, we can, we can express it or experience it. No complaints. That itself actually is a phenomenal practice. It's a practice. And to become aware aware of all the time we're complaining and not appreciating and wanting something to be different than what it actually is. So of course we think that we are right. We have a right to have things the way we like it. I want it the way I like it. <laughs> you 
you hear little children say that all the time. And of course, even though we grow older, many of us and parts of ourselves remain little children. I want it the way I want it. I want it the way I like it. I gave you such and such. Now you should give me this back. We have it all, all worked out in our mind, except that life itself does not work that way. And by holding on to that way of being, we are actually creating, inevitably creating so much stress, struggle, and disappointment for ourselves and others. You know, that word disappointment is a very important word here, too. It's very linked to complaint, very, very linked to it. I'm disappointed. I'm complaining. Things are not the way I want them to be. My, my plans are not working out. Oh my goodness, this Thanksgiving, someone told me, was nothing like the one years ago. I'm disappointed. So that's just a complaint. It's not really recognizing that each year, each moment, each day is different has to be different. It's good that it's different. It's ex actually beautiful that it's different. It's us that are refusing what's happening right now. We're refusing it. We're complaining about it. And our complaints and our refusal and our deep disappointment doesn't affect a thing. It just makes us miserable. And it makes those around us miserable as well. So this practice of no more complaints is a very enjoyable practice. It helps us take step back a moment and take a look at ourselves. Usually we're looking at the way things are going and trying to change that. That's an ongoing lifelong struggle. But if we take on the practice of no complaints, <laughs> we're doing something very different. We're stopping for a moment and stepping back and taking a look at ourselves instead. Not what's wrong with what's happening out there, but what am I demanding? What am I expecting? What am I fighting for? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. We don't judge that either, but we look at it. We become aware of it. Aware, aware, aware. That is the pearl of no price. Aware, aware, aware. We just notice it. Oh, I'm so dissatisfied with this bowl of cereal. It's not warm enough. It's going to ruin my whole breakfast and ruin my tip to the waitress or whatever. Just look at that. Be aware of that within oneself. Really, really, not act it out, not express it. Not feel, yes, I'm right. No, 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 no. Just aware of it. Aware of it. You know, this pearl of no price, this awareness is so powerful. When we really t pause and allow ourselves full awareness of what's truly happening and what uh, on our side of what's going on and just stay with that awareness... We see something about it, that things transform, things let go. We, we might feel, ooh, about ourselves even, about, about this way of responding. 
it's not like we're going to plaster gratitude on top of bitterness inside. That's not what this really is. Sometimes we do that. It's like putting icing on a burnt cake. <laughs> well, we'll just taste the icing and we'll focus on the sweetness and we're not going to taste the burnt cake that's underneath. But no, no, no. That's not what this practice is. This practice is awareness, even accepting. No complaints about our, our own disappointment either. No complaints, just to be aware of it, to feel it, to know it. Mm. but not to make it right or true. See, that's the step we take, that extra step that we take that makes things so difficult for ourselves and others. Well, yes, I'm so disappointed. And then we add on, and I'm right, and I'm going to do something about it, and I'm going to change it, and boom, 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 boom. And then the, the fight begins, the battle begins, and the disappointment intensifies in the process. And even if we can change some situation temporarily, I guarantee you the disappointment returns once again about something else. Because we're swimming in a sea of disappointment. Complaints, complaints. So this is a very, very powerful and beautiful practice of no more complaints. There are many different ways we can enter that practice and enter that place of not complaining but of saying thank you instead. One that we're discussing today, and we will discuss many more in the next weeks coming up, but one that we are discussing today is just, and this is a very foundational and crucial one, become so aware of your, of your own reactions, of your own demands of your own requirements. Okay, there you are. I require that the ocean be high tide today, not low tide. Well, you can stand at the beach and be as angry with the ocean as you want. You're not going to change the tides. So just watch what's actually happening and your reaction to it. Little by little, your 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 you demands, your requirements can subside and you can just be with what's happening right now and really be with it. Now when we're with something that's happening and we don't have any picture of how it's supposed to be or how we need it to be or how we demand that it be, then we can truly get to know what's really there, what's really happening. We could see a great deal of beauty, a great deal of joy, we could see many, many, many things that we couldn't see before because we were only demanding that it be the way we wanted it to be. And obviously, this is very true in relationships as well. We don't often see the person in front of us at all. All we see is how they're disappointing us or how they're not living up to some image we had for them, of them, or some image that we have of ourselves. We're not really there with that other person or with what's happening in life at all. And when we are, when we're willing to be just really there with what's happening, oh, great thanks comes, great insight comes, and things shift. 
that moment when things shift, clarity comes, a new way of being appears. Ah, that's a moment of ripeness. Now that moment of ripeness is right here, right now. It's, it's available for everyone at any time. And so that's why this podcast today is called No More Complaints. Not that we have to artificially lock it down, but just to learn, to start the process, the steps, the road to being with life as it is and being with people as they are and not objecting. No more objections. But really finding out what's really here. Who is really here? And rather maybe instead of the constant obsession, what do I need, what do I want, maybe we'll see what they need, (laughs) what they want. Our vision certainly expands. So for today, we're coming to the end of our our little chat for today. I want to thank you, by the way, so much for listening in week by week and your wonderful emails and conversation. It means a great deal to me. I love to hear from you. You can always reach me at topspeaker at yahoo.com. Our podcast's URL is zenwisdomtoday.com if you want to hear other episodes. And I'm very, very happy to let you know that there's a a book out that you might enjoy uh, by me called A Time to Care, Being Present for Another During Their Time of Need. It's available on Amazon. You just have to type in A Time to Care and then Shoshana, my last name, after it and it will come up. Um, it's available as an ebook and also as a paperback. And I'll t- talk more about this. Going to do some online um, practice sessions based on these exercises in the new year. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. It's always a great joy to be with you. And um, I will be with you next week again soon. Have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful week of no complaints (laughs) and of thanks. And I thank you. I really do. See you soon.